I keep seeing all these articles about what coffee does to your body, why you shouldn't drink so much coffee, what drinking too much coffee does to your body. I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. No, you just need good coffee. Yeah, where do I get that? Hacienda Real in Costa Rica. It's one of my favorite places to go. Yeah, every time we go to Costa Rica, we stop in on Vlad and, and see the operation. It's this beautiful little artisanal roastery roasting a custom blend of Arabica and pea berry beans. It's so yummy. It's really good. And the coolest thing is when you order it, you pick exactly what roast you want, whether you want it to be whole bean or ground. And within a day, maybe two of your order, it's roasted, packed, and shipped. Yeah. It's not roasted until you order it. Yeah. Like the last order I made, I made it on Monday. The coffee showed up on Friday. Yeah. It's so great. With with a roast date of Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> Click the link in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Use the offer code. And use the offer code and get a great deal on some amazing coffee. And don't let people tell you how much coffee you can drink. So I love fall. Me too. But one of the things I like least about fall is I got to start wearing shoes again. (laughs) Because you know I'm happiest barefoot or maybe wearing some sandals. That is true. But I feel like a complete weirdo when I wear shoes without socks. So fall for me is time to start getting some socks. Yes. And for me, it's time to get some underwear. Time to hit up smart ass undies. Yeah, they're amazing. They're made from sustainable recycled materials and they have motivational words across the bum. Yeah. And I like it on the socks too. Today I'm wearing my courage socks. Tomorrow I'm wearing my respect socks and gratitude socks, all that kind of stuff. Integrity socks. Integrity socks. So I love that. And you look down and it gives you a goal for the day. There you go. Hashtag feet goals. (laughs) So again, check the link in our show notes and there's an offer code in the show notes as well. So you guys can get some amazing socks and underwear and save a bit of money and support the show at the same time. And this is Cheating on Fear. Yes, it is. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Canada. Yeah, fuck. Okay, so <laughs> so when we were recording the Thank You for Being a Friend episode, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there was some shit going on in the country that was just kind of, there were these hints of stuff happening up here north of the wall. Mm-hmm. And the sense that I had at the time was that I remember actually you talking to me because I'm not on Facebook anymore because I just can't with people. Mm. So I get I get all my Facebook news curated for me by you, just like <laughs> I curate your TikTok feed. Right. And uh, your cousin actually, I think had one of your cousins, a distant cousin, yeah. had posted about this a fundraiser, a fundraiser, a GoFundMe yes. for this little 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 project, mm-hmm. and. I remember thinking at the time that by the time we had our next scheduled date to record, this story would be wrapped up and we right. could report on it being finished. Like, can you... Can you can not you, journalists. Can you... We're not journalists, but we, we, we consume the news and we have critical thoughts on stuff. But <laughs> but I, I, didn't, I didn't expect that at this point, more than three weeks after it began, mm. it still isn't wrapped up. So in case you've been living under a rock outside... <laughs> or of, not watching Fox or News. Or not watching Fox News in the US, what has happened is a protest... Well, okay. 
They, they call themselves the Freedom Convoy. Yes. A group of protesters that started out protesting vaccine mandates that had been announced... For truckers. For truckers. So back in October, shortly after the last federal election uh, happened here in Canada, which re-elected our current government, mm-hmm. uh, the Liberal government under, under the leadership of Justin Trudeau, they announced that the exemption for... Uh, essential workers being able to cross the border without being vaccinated because remember the Canadian and U.S. Or without border, quarantining. Well, without quarantining yeah. and not being vaccinated for essential workers. And these were like medical professionals who were crossing our border towns to go and work on both sides of the border mm-hmm. and truckers who were bringing goods uh, in, in and out of the country. That exemption for, th- for those essential workers would end so that it would fall in line with the requirements that every traveler entering into Canada uh, up had until that point vaccinated. had to be fully vaccinated right. or do a 14-day mandatory quarantine. They announced this in October to take effect in January. And the announcement was that it was going to take effect on January 15th of 2022. Right. So they gave them like four months, well, three months notice that this was going to happen. But then when it finally went into effect, this led to this protest movement starting up. So you mentioned that I, I heard about it because my cousin... Was, yeah. was was boosting this GoFundMe. And you which, were like, look at this. Which like, at look- the time was like $600,000 of like a million uh, raised. And over the... No, I think it was even earlier than that. Like, I feel like it was like ten or $12,000 when we first saw it. And then it just fucking just b- popped off. By the end of it, they raised $10.125 million yeah. on GoFundMe. And we'll talk about the other platforms yeah. and stuff in a little bit. But that was my first sort of hint of what was happening. And then a couple of days later, I was driving around near B's house and got caught up for almost an hour in these protesters. So the so this this I'm using Air Bunnies Freedom Convoy mm-hmm. started in on the West Coast. January twenty third, they announced that the the uh, that they were gonna do this and on and then they arrived five days later in Ottawa. Right. So they left from British Columbia, mm-hmm. which is on the west coast of the country, drove through, and we're about five hours from Ottawa. Ottawa? Yes. We're about five hours west of Ottawa. So they can't, had to come through so here So they had to come through my town, and you were out and about doing stuff that day, mm-hmm. and you got stuck in the middle of it. Can you talk about what that, what you saw and some of the things that, you know, that were sort of at odds with how this was described and Mm -hmm. sold to people, particularly who was donating to this cause. And then what you actually saw as they were going through, you were sending me videos at work. I was like, what the fuck is going on? I'm going to, I'm going to talk about that specifically about me being caught in traffic. And then I want to give a little timeline here of the last couple of weeks so that everybody kind of is on the same page. It's kind of cool. We're doing this today because it's kind of like, we've been waiting for it to wrap up and just, and it's wrapping up and it's wrapping up as we speak. As we speak. So, I was stuck in traffic, not knowing why I was stuck in traffic. And then as I inched further along, I started to see more and more people waving Canadian flags and being dressed up in like Canadian cosplay, you know, (laughs) toques, hockey sticks with flags draped off of them. And then I started to see, you know, heavy duty pickup trucks. And then eventually I started to see big rigs and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then I started to see, as I got more to the core of the protest, a couple of... because So what was happening across Canada is 
to show support for these truckers, people would line up on like overpasses Mm -hmm. of the highways they were traveling along. And as I got closer to that overpass, I saw a few police officers in an intersection completely overwhelmed with trying to direct traffic. Right, right. And I started to see a lot more nefarious stuff in the crowd. There were these, there's this flag that's come out in, it should be noted, the same color blue as the Trump-Pence lawn signs uh, for their election blue or red it's a dark blue and it says fuck trudeau but oh. they have the u in fuck is a maple leaf oh but it, if you took the fuck trudeau off you could put you know trump pence 2020 on uh, there or 2024 or yeah or 2016 <laughs> or whatever yeah. like it would look it would look exactly like that I saw QAnon flags. I saw like yeah. the Don't Tread on Me snake or, you know, the the Where We Go One, We Go All. There were Confederate flags. There were Confederate flags. I didn't see any swastikas or anything like that. And I saw a lot of children. And I saw an atmosphere of people. This is the kind of thing that you would see normally when a Canadian hockey team wins an Olympic gold medal. That's <laughs> the kind of celebration you would get the spontaneous. Right. That's usually what brings people out in the middle of January. Yes. Not not protesting. And at this point, the single message was that the protest was about these vaccine mandates. And so it that was... That the exemption was ending. That the exemption, the exemption was ending in that. And it, it should also be noted that while these truckers were protesting and wanting the Canadian government to drop this cross-border mandate, the U.S. government had the exact same mandate. So even if, even if our government no dropped plans, it... no plans. no plans to drop it. And no plans to do it. that. Even no. if our government dropped it, they still wouldn't be allowed into the U.S. without right. facing the same kind of restrictions, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And the energy was bad. I wanted to say something, and and we'll put a link in the show notes to a resident of Ottawa who has said it perfectly (laughs) after the occupation there. I wanted to be like, what the fuck? You not, first of all, take that goddamn flag off of your back. Yeah. You are not representing all of Canada. So how many truckers, like how many, I think numbers are important because I think that the way it's been portrayed in the media, particularly American media, Mm -hmm. is that... This is a huge, huge portion of the population. Joe Rogan came out and said it was 50,000 trucks in this convoy. Which and it that was they not. Sent the Guinness Book of World Record for the longest convoy. Which is not which it, true. It, it, it's not true. Not true. And and how many, what percentage of truckers are fully vaccinated and not included in this group? Well, this is the kicker. More than 90% of the cross-border long-haul truck drivers are already fully vaccinated. And have distanced themselves And have distanced the Canadian Trucking Alliance, which is kind of the industry group that represents trucking interest, disagreed with this. The vast majority of truckers, despite what people might have seen in these relatively large crowds, the vast majority of of truckers were not affected by this mandate. No. It was a small minority. And and again, we're going to get into some of the reasons behind that and why this minority was doing that. But it was... An angry, as much as they were laughing and shouting and jumping around, I said to you in a text message, I was like, I wanted to tell these guys to fuck off. But at the same time, <laughs> you were afraid. I was worried that my car would get flipped yeah, over because yeah. there was that kind of manic energy of, of a mob right. just about to break. And I think that, that that just shows, you know, the fact that, you know, there was this sort of party atmosphere and, you know, we'll talk about what happens when they arrive mm-hmm. in in the capital. But it's it just speaks to the privilege yes. of this group. Yes. Where this is 
this is how they're behaving. Like they're just having one big fucking street party. Mm-hmm. And and they point to that. The proponents of this and the defenders of this point to that. Like, look how peaceful it it's is. It's about unity it's and about love. It's about love and unity. Look, they're having a, they're effectively tailgating. Yeah. And go, well, it can't be bad because they're cooking hamburgers and giving away free sandwiches. Like, free food can't be bad. Completely missing the point. Yes, you shouldn't be there. But anyway, yeah. yeah. So, go ahead. No, no, no. I I was just, I I have to say that the last three weeks that this has been going on, there's been this pall cast across my mood. It's like this underlying sadness Mm -hmm. where... You know, and and we have lots of American friends, both personal and of the show, and yeah. some of them are both. And so this is not, this is not aimed at them. However, this is an example of what happens when extreme right wing American politics mm-hmm. wafts north. Yeah, and I think that a lot of like Americans all know they're American, mm-hmm. but what's been happening up here is that. There's a lot of Canadians that don't know they're Canadian. They think they're American. They don't they don't realize that there's a difference between this country and that country. There were Trump and InfoWars flags yeah. being proudly flown in the marching that was going on in Ottawa. And you're like, what what are you doing? But we've been having you know, over the last couple of years of this pandemic. You know, when I was still engaging on Facebook and I would get into, you know, little arguments with people, fruitless arguments, you know, people would yell at me, you know, about the CDC and the Food and Drug Administration and all that kind of stuff. And you're like, bro, you live in Canada. Yeah, what's going on there does not directly affect you the way you you are making it out to be. No. and The the FDA hasn't approved something does not mean that Health Canada... Has also not approved it. It's Health Canada that makes a difference on that. So this kind of, this mixing of cultures has been going on for a while. But unfortunately, with this last iteration of it, it's been the most dangerous, nefarious, and violent, racist kind of element that is just not not what we are about. Or a boot, I guess what people would say. Yeah, We were out with friends last night... And one of the the female member of the mm-hmm. couple we were with, she is from Georgia mm-hmm. originally. The state, the state, not the, state, the, not not the, the country. Not the Soviet bloc country. Not the country. <laughs> and, uh, and she's lived here for about four years now. And she was very, very upset about, like even more upset than we were yeah. about what was happening because, and she said, you know, I came here to feel safety and stability and peace because that's what, Canada has been for me. Yeah. And she said, to see this happening was so distressing to me. She was like, I came up here to get away from that shit. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. And she was really angry. And we were we were kind of chatting about it on the way home, just going, wow, like, <laughs> she's more Canadian than half of the Canadians that are involved in this fucking yeah, the, bullshit yeah. thing. It's, it's really interesting because I think when you live here... If you've never been here, you think, oh, it's just like a colder version of the United States, colder like weather-wise. Yeah. And it's really not There's true. There's a lot of fundamental differences. And in I'm the not saying it's better. No, I mean, we have our problems different. too. It's just different. Yeah. But especially what's been going on in the last five or six years in the States politically, it's gotten kind of fucking scary. Mm-hmm. Like culminating with January 6th and the insurrection, mm-hmm, that shit is still getting sorted. Yep. 
And it's terrifying. You know, uh, the prospect of the 2024 election gives me anxiety. Yeah, or even, the, even the midterms happening later this year. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be a gong show. But, and this is the thing. We, we kind of, we know a lot about that because it affects us more. Mm-hmm. But to see this happening in our own neighborhoods and towns and cities, and it wasn't, it, and this is the thing, it started, this kind of stuff starts to spread like cancer. And it did. And, and, and I'll, I'll cover that. In a so minute. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, that was it. That was, okay. that was all so I So there's a great podcast that, that B turned me on to a little while ago called uh, Conspirituality. Hmm. And they did. What, you guys are so good. They're amazing. So I'm going to link the episode specifically because they actually talk about this in the middle of, of, it was a week ago or week, two mm, weeks ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they did a great job. And one of the, one of the presenters is, is from Toronto. So they've yeah. got a Canadian perspective on it there. But he raised a, uh, the host raised a good point in that the this isn't the first time that this sort of thing has happened here in Canada. Back in 2019, they kind of beta tested the Freedom Convoy 2022 with the United We Roll mm. 2019 Convoy. Please tell me what the mandate for that was. So the United We Roll was a, a mix of things, but it was led by two people that are... In, that are going to be prominent players in this in the Freedom Convoy 2022, Pat King and James Bowder. Basically, the shtick was that they were trying to support pipeline workers. They were protesting the lack of pipeline activity and things that were going on, but also <laughs> protesting effectively anti-immigration sentiment. Uh, they weren't protesting it. They were promoting anti anti promoting sorry. They were promoting anti immigration sentiment, and this this is an interesting sort of. So Pat King is a white nationalist. Is yeah, he not? yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the players in, okay. in a minute right, there, but I want up. you guys to know. Remember Pat, those names, Pat King and James Bowder, because they are prominent figures in in the Freedom Convoy 2022, and the demographics of trucking over the years have changed a lot they've shifted they've shifted it used to be a predominantly white Mm. generally white male industry and over the last 20 years or so it's now gone about 40 percent Mm non-white and 60 percent white and that 40 percent is mainly south asian Mm -hmm. and a lot of those drivers aren't owner operators. Right. They work for trucking companies. Right. So they tend to be fairly pro-union, mm-hmm. pro-workers' rights. And the owner operators aren't pro-union because they own their own truck. And these trucks can be upwards of a quarter million dollars oh, to yeah. buy. They're all mortgaged. To They're the all tits. heavily mortgaged in, yeah. in a lot of cases. But you're your own boss when you drive that mm-hmm. if you own your truck or even if, you're, even if it's mortgaged, right? Yeah. And so they didn't care about this labor organization and in fact were hostile towards it because right. it was going to they were seeing that the industry change in a way that was affecting them and i think to frame this whole protest as not trying to change mandates but trying to preserve the world as it was mm. or to bring it back to to take that stupid fucking quote from from the u.s election of make america great again it was almost like take canada back to what it used to be right right and i saw protesters say make north america great again was what they were trying what, right. what they were pushing for and and i think that underlying sort of theme to all of this really changes the way you approach it. It's not just people upset about a vaccine mandate it's about people upset about the fact that the country is changing and and they're losing and it's changing in a way that is not going to be beneficial to them the way you know the country was 
before. And I think, you know, over the last couple of years of this pandemic, you've seen a lot of that, of a lot of fringe groups, anti-labor, anti-immigration, white nationalist, anti-vaxxer, anti-science. They've all kind of banded together mm-hmm. under this banner of lift all the restrictions, lift mm-hmm. all the mandates. This is enough now. This is our, you know, these are our freedoms. This is government overreach. This is tyranny. This is Nazi Germany. And it makes it seem like these groups are a lot larger and mm-hmm. a lot more influential than they actually yeah. are. And when you looked at, and it's it's actually kind of funny, some of the names that you see on Twitter for this oh, trucker. I'm, my favorite is the Flu Trucks Clan. Yes, uh, the Karen Convoy. Karen Convoy. <laughs> <laughs> but Apologies to anybody named Karen out there. Yeah, there's a it's couple. It's been a rough of, couple of years for it you. It has. <laughs> <laughs> With no end in sight, unfortunately. Yeah. But if you look at the demographic of this group, they are predominantly white. They yes. do not. They do not represent... The faces of trucking and the leaders are not truckers. This no, is the that, thing, and we'll, we'll get into that. James Bowder actually is very he's he's very fond of appropriating indigenous trappings mm. to, to elevate his position when he really could k- give a fuck about mm. indigenous rights. Mm-hmm. And I was starting to see that as like, oh well, we're going to do a fundraiser for water because you know our government doesn't even have water for indigenous for indigenous communities, which a lot of communities don't have, and that is absolutely shameful. It, but to use to that addressed. to distract from their yeah. issue is almost more shameful that that they would try to take that cause up to distract from what they're doing yes right and it should be noted it's like a red herring raised, while they raised over 20 million dollars across a variety of platforms for the trucking protest they raised 400 600 000 for indigenous water it was not the same level of financial support. No. Despite the fact they elevated that. Okay, so let me do let me do this timeline. You talk about how it spread. Yeah, so, I'm excited. So 2019, we have the United We Roll beta test for the Freedom Convoy 2022. January 23, they announced in reaction to the January 15 posting of this, this mandate being in place for truckers. Yeah. About a week later on the 23rd, they announced that they're going to be heading to Ottawa. On the 28th of January, they arrive in Ottawa. That's, I believe, the Friday. Yes. Then on the 29th, they have the largest protest on Parliament Hill. People draped in Canadian flags. And we saw some some really obnoxious behavior by the protesters. Somebody, uh, there was, people were, were peeing on the war memorial, dancing on the tomb of the unknown soldier. The Terry Fox, who, if you're not familiar with him, was somebody who got cancer and decided to run across the country to raise money and raise awareness for cancer. He lost a leg. Oh, sorry. He lost his leg and then decided he was going to run across the country. Unfortunately, he didn't make it. He died of... uh, No, but he... In in our... In Canadian... You know, culture. He is a a an icon yes. and a hero, and immunocompromised. Yeah. By the way, he would have been. He so what did they what did they do to his statue in Ottawa? So they they hung a, an upside down Canadian flag on him as a cape. Uh, mm-hmm. They put a Terry Fox hat on him, and then and then had a Mandate Freedom sign in his hands there. A Terry Fox hat. Yeah, like a, like the Terry Fox run. They put one of oh one God. of those things on, and <sighs> and you know this was the kind of behavior on that first weekend, and the protest organizers were very quick to say this isn't us. These were a few bad people in the crowd, but as as we see over the course of this, 
it's a running theme. Well, and this is also where, for the first time, we started seeing white nationalist symbols. So you started to see swastikas. Mm -hmm. Which is disputed because a lot of the protesters say that that was a plant and that hasn't been seen since that first weekend. But okay. (laughs) (laughs) But we did see a lot of Confederate flags. A lot of Confederate flags. A lot of of QAnon. A lot of QAnon stuff. That that is definitely not under dispute. No. Okay, so then on the Sunday, January 30th, the... Effectively, the the center town part of Ottawa is closed. You had a bunch of unmasked protesters rushing the Rideau Mall, which is a big shopping center in that downtown mm. part of, of Ottawa, and it's been closed since then. This is this is the thing, you know. And only having just reopened after the most yeah, recent we, lockdown. Yeah, we've had, you know, here in Ontario, we've had probably some of the most severe or, or the, the lengthiest lockdowns. Lengthiest for sure. And so... Small businesses, schools have had a really, really hard time over the last couple of years with them being open and closed mm-hmm. and open and closed. And then, you know, capacity restrictions and that kind of... And and these people are like, oh, you know, this is about our freedom. And then they fucking rock up into town and the schools have to close down because nobody can get there. People's jobs are shut down because nobody can get there. People's businesses are shut down because nobody can get there. The mall's been shut down because no one can get there and nobody can move around. And you're like... Fuck everybody else's freedoms. I mean, this is about our freedom, but fuck everybody that lives in Ottawa. Yeah. And that's works there. And that's where that great clip you're going to see in the show notes about this guy (laughs) just... Fuck off. Go the fuck home. Yeah. Your fucking tailgate party and your bullshit. Nobody fucking cares. What's it's a, great. It's absolutely great. I mean, Colbert has had some great stuff on this, you know, where he gets his eyebrows going, you mm-hmm. know, and he was like, things have gotten so crazy in Canada. They're becoming impolite. And then he cocks his eyebrows back and forth. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think it's funny, but it's not funny. We have, you know, we have quite a reputation around the world of being super polite you know somebody bumps into me in the supermarket i apologize to them yeah (laughs) like that's just how it works oh sorry 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 for existing sorry eh? and i think that you know the footage that we're seeing out of ottawa is how the rest of us feel like the the 90 percent of us that don't support this Mm -hmm. are like yeah like fuck off eh yeah. Like, go the fuck home. So th- the first weekend was a real doozy. They so caused a lot of damage. Doozy. Then on the Monday, because one of the main demands of the protesters was that they wanted to meet with Trudeau. <laughs> and they were saying that because the prime minister wouldn't meet with them and the, and the opposition party, which is the Conservative Party of Canada, they, they were saying, why, why won't the prime minister de-escalate the situation and meet with the protesters? He's not going to meet with the protesters because they are calling for the overthrowing of his government. Yes, they were trying to get them to to dissolve parliament yeah, and trigger another election. Yeah, James Bowder talked about that. And when we go to in his in his little bio, I'm going to talk about what that is. And and the mayor of Ottawa refused to meet with them as well. And now it should also be noted that it became apparent on that first weekend that the scale of the protest was a lot larger than what the Parliament Hill Police. I can't remember okay. what they're called, but the equivalent of the Capitol Police in the in the mm-hmm. U.S. They were not prepared for the number of people no. that were going to be there. They also, it turns out, were misled. The organizers that contacted and, and the security liaison that contacted the police services in Ottawa misled them about the scale and scope of the demonstration. They said they were only going to be there for three days. Right. They said they would only block two lanes of traffic on Wellington Street, which right. is the street. It's like Pennsylvania Avenue, right? It's the one sure. right in front of Parliament okay. Hill. And they did 
did none of those things. They completely no, took huge, over. They yeah. parked in residential yeah. streets. They they just basically and from that moment on, the Ottawa Police Service was on the back foot trying to deal with this. Well, the other the other issue after they stayed more than the weekend, everybody was like, "What the fuck is going on? Like, why aren't they doing anything about mm-hmm. this? Why aren't the police doing anything?" You know, we haven't heard anything from Trudeau. We haven't heard anything from Doug Ford, who is the who was snowmobiling that conservative weekend. premier <laughs> yeah. of Ontario. Like, what the fuck is going on? And first of all, the Ottawa City Police were completely overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, you have to understand, these people are not just standing on Parliament Hill. They're in 18-wheelers, mm-hmm. giant trucks, and about 30% of trucks, of the, of the, the trucker protests, had children. Yes, that, that came out about a week later. The Children's Aid Society started to raise the alarm that as it became clear that they weren't leaving and they were entrenching deeper mm-hmm. and that... The only way that they were going to leave would be with police action. There was this big concern that the hundred odd children that had been reported in in this convoy were going to be used as human shields right. for any police action. Spoiler alert: they did try and use them over this last weekend. Yes. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll get there. We'll get but, we'll get up to today yeah. and and this weekend. But yeah. So that week of January thirty first, all hell is kind of breaking loose. Yeah. A couple of days later, on February fourth. The GoFundMe that had raised $10.1 million was shut down. GoFundMe initially said that they would either return the money to people if they got in touch by the 15th well, of February. Well, and the reason they shut it down was because, why? Because the protest was now declared to be illegal. And they were using those funds. GoFundMe's policies were like, none of this money can be used for harassment or for damage. Or illegal activity or legal fees related to illegal activity. Yeah. And this protest was now becoming an occupation. They were refusing to abide by the rule of law. Mm-hmm. And GoFundMe said, you violated our terms and conditions. So we're shutting your 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 account down. Which opponents of that like to point to, you know, this is why we need to have decentralized currency, why we can't trust the government, why we have to do all these things. But the point <laughs> GoFundMe's is... GoFundMe is not the government. But that's the thing. And, and there's something called the golden rule. And the golden rule is... He who has all the gold makes all the rules. Right. You agree to that terms and service when you participate with that. If you don't like it, don't use that service. Mm-hmm. And they very quickly moved to a different platform. Oh, so sorry, you said they were going to refund the money. So sorry, they were going to refund the money or they were going to donate it to a charity that was picked based on the organizers mm-hmm. so that it would go to a registered charity. Because the other thing that GoFundMe's big issue was, was that there was no clear plan by the organizers or the fundraising recipients on how the money was going to be dispersed. And mm-hmm. what GoFundMe was ultimately concerned about was whether or not this was just going to be a scam to take money from people. Right. And so they did release about a million dollars to cover the costs of the, of the because the, it was supposed food to be used for fuel, fuel and things like that. food yeah. and hotel and accommodation costs for the truckers. Right. And so these guys have been keeping receipts and doing all this sort of stuff and they were out of pocket. So about a million dollars was released. They eventually GoFundMe reversed the decision about only refunding if people asked and just said, you know what, we're refunding all the money yeah. back to who was there. And then, and this was the thing, like some of the stories that were coming out out of the first weekend was, and I think this was, some of these were the things that contributed to the GoFundMe decision, was like Ottawa citizens were being harassed in the street for mm-hmm. wearing masks. There was a group that stormed a homeless shelter yeah, demanding food. Fed. There were women in 
a domestic abuse shelter that were being harassed and grabbed and yelled at, mm-hmm. which if you can imagine being in a shelter because you've been abused yeah, would be absolutely of, of fucking terrifying. Abuse. This is not at all good And for you. so, yeah, so there was, a, there was a lot of shit going on that first weekend. And I, and I was one of those people, I was like, this is going to be a fucking shit weekend and then everybody's going to go home. And mm-hmm. when they started to dig in, it was like, what the fuck? Yep. is happening here so sorry go ahead keep going with your so, timeline so eventually they 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 did move over to give send go which is a christian fundraising site which had no problem taking money for i don't know how christ would feel about i all know this. so so they they raised an almost another 10 million there and that has subsequently been shut down <laughs> and then the this was i mean you talk about uh, you know irony they were defiant, saying that they were an American company and weren't subject to Canadian law. Okay. At which point then hackers <laughs> exploited a security risk in their database section there and released all the details of the people. So names and donation amounts and messages that they put for all the donors. Wow. And then it turned out that you had, this is how they found out, which we'll talk about later about where a lot of the money was coming for the protest. Mm. A lot of it was coming from outside of Canada. And uh, then also people, I heard. Yeah, but, yeah. On, on gives and go, we don't know about GoFundMe. Okay. okay. Um, we can only, they did an analysis based on the comments, but the comments aren't a full picture of it. Cause not everybody who donated left comments, but it did seem to, to show that a significant portion of the donations to this protest were coming from outside of Canada. I think what's interesting, though, the GoFundMe account started a couple of weeks before Mm -hmm. the convoy left British Columbia. And so I think a lot of people that had a passing knowledge of and very little understanding of who the organizers were, what the aim was, what it was going to be, and thought, oh, that sounds... That sounds like a nice idea. Sure, I'll, I'll throw them a hundred bucks. I'll throw them some money, and then Give Send Go had a minimum hundred dollar U.S. donation as well. Wow. Yeah. But then when all of this starts to come out about what's actually going on on the ground, and GoFundMe shuts it down, then for the next account to open, the Give Send Go account, everybody knew what was going on at then that point. You, by then, you were very well aware of what the fuck was going on and who these people were, and you're like, okay, now. Now you kind of deserve to get outed because you fucking know, you know. There was a gelato shop owner in Ottawa who was on Fox News complaining about how once her donation information was released, her store was unfairly targeted. Which is interesting because she was talking about all this vandalism and yet they kept showing her storefront on the news and it didn't. There's no vandalism. There was no no evidence of vandalism and apparently she didn't take any pictures of any of the vandalism that went went on so i don't know i think the fox news coverage has been super upsetting for me oh yeah because it's just it's so this is this is how taylor swift must feel because you just sit there and you watch people tell fucking lies like outright bold-faced lies but they can do that because it's all their opinion hosts it's not their it, news hosts he's just asking questions just asking questions i'm just putting stuff and out you're just there. like holy fuck just it just blows my mind how people how you can call that a news yeah source or a news show and it's like you that it that's not true that's not true that's not true that's not true like dude we were there yeah. we heard the words being spoken like one of the things and this will kind of tie in a little bit later but one of the things that the protesters take umbrage with is that they say that Trudeau is calling them all 
racists and misogynists, people who oppose vaccine mandates. So basically the idea being that anybody that opposes what Trudeau wants, he has no time for. Right. If they are not of a high enough class, he doesn't want to have anything to do with them. These are all working class people. So therefore Trudeau looks down his nose at them. Right. And, then, and then they play a clip in French with English subtitles mm-hmm. where he's talking about people who oppose getting vaccinated. And he says they often have racist views or misogynist views. That's not him saying... All of them. Everybody. And mm-hmm. the words are there on the screen. We literally just read it. And then you have the, the news host, you have Tucker Carlson come on saying, see, he thinks all of you are fucking racist and misogynist. See, and this is the thing. We've, we've been watching for the last couple of years, and I remember this coming up when we were talking to Wednesday Martin mm-hmm. about the racism, the misogyny, the white privilege, the mm-hmm. white nationalism in the wellness space. Mm-hmm. And they tend to be anti-vaxxers and anti-science. And those things do tend to go together. There's a lot of overlap. There is a lot of the overlap. The Venn diagram is very circular. <laughs> and so you were so like pressed when you saw it. You were like, they're literally sh- showing a clip of what he actually said and then yeah. saying he said something else. Like, I feel like I'm being gaslit right now. Yeah. And, and Trudeau wouldn't meet with them. Mm-hmm. And also, like, he was also isolating with COVID. Which was... The opposition thought was a very convenient excuse to not have to deal with the issue. I mean, he was dealing with it. He just wasn't meeting with the protest. Well, they, the pro- and they the also, they, they, they moved the protester. They, the, the they moved him to an undisclosed location because everybody knows, just like we know in the U.S., the president lives in the White House. So they moved Trudeau and his family from the prime minister's residence to somewhere else because they had credible security threats. Yeah. That his life was in danger that he was going to be targeted. They were talking about overthrowing the government. Because they were talking about overthrowing the government. And they're like, oh, he's a coward. He's a... And you're like, he's a world leader. Yeah. You can't just like... No. You know what? Let's just... Him him and the wife can stay home and watch Netflix and wait for the angry mob to knock on his front door. Like, like what? So once we get to February 5th, we're in the second weekend of demonstrations now. Right. Okay, members only yeah, supposed to be three so, days. So now we're at, in the second weekend. Second weekend. So at this point, the border crossing between Surrey, British Columbia and Blaine, Washington has been blocked by protesters. Mm-hmm. February 6th, Ottawa declares a state of emergency. February 7th, the Ambassador Bridge in Detroit, to, between Detroit and Windsor, as Stephen Colbert said, uh, uh, blocked between two places nobody wanted to go to. <laughs> Was fully stopped on the Canadian side. And this was a big issue, a big deal because something like 25% of all of our cross-border yes, trade. trade happens on that one bridge. On that bridge, So yeah. it is in- incredibly significant. And the fact that it's Detroit and Windsor, that is the gateway for our auto industry yes. as well as the U.S. auto industry. Yes. And very shortly after that bridge was blocked, you had our auto manufacturers starting to lay off and close shifts yeah. down because they have this just-in-time manufacturing mm-hmm. where literally the stuff is arriving as they need it. And so when stuff stops arriving, they can't continue to build. They're, no. they're blocked at whatever that step is. And this is what's so ironic and so idiotic about this entire occupation where it's like, what about you You want all these mandates lifted? You want all these restrictions lifted because you want people to be able to, what, go back to work do the things they want to do, except only the people that you deem Mm -hmm. deserving of that. So fuck the auto workers and fuck all the people that work and go to school and have businesses in Ottawa. Fuck all the people like that, that work uh, near the border towns. Like it was, it basically paralyzed these border crossings. And I think that was a miscalculation 
on the part of the protesters to block the ambassador bridge mm. because now that that was what poked our premier to go whoa 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 now i'm pro business now you're fucking with business mm-hmm. this yeah. isn't just an ottawa problem now this is mm-hmm. this is my base right? right yeah 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 and so during that week the week of february 7th ottawa requests more police mm-hmm. there was an injunction granted by, by, a by a judge in Ottawa to stop the honking. So this is what was happening was that from the moment that this convoy arrived and settled down in Ottawa, they were blaring their horns. Like these are air horns mm-hmm. and, and a truck lot of them horns. aftermarket air horns. So even louder. 24 hours a day. And if you've ever been to Ottawa, a lot of people live downtown mm-hmm. and they were kept up for days mm-hmm. with this incessant honking that just did not stop. And the organizers all laughed. day, all night. They they and they laughed about that it. They was thought like, it was oh, they haven't slept in ten days. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, people were leaving town. They were going to stay with friends. Mm-hmm. They were staying out of town in hotels because it was literally unlivable. Yeah. And so by that weekend, the you said a judge had granted an injunction to stop the honking. Yeah, to stop the honking because there was basically a class action lawsuit that was put out. I that would that was equal to the GoFundMe money, right? That that would have it was about ten million dollars. Just wiped it out. That yeah, that would have wiped that out. And so they did they did stop it for a while. That was the first time that Children's Aid raised the issue of children in the Ottawa occupation. Mm. I think you said something like twenty five percent of the trucks were had children, had in, children in it. Yeah, you got to remember too, it was freezing cold at this time. Oh yeah, temperatures were double digit below zero in centigrade. There was a lot of snow falling, so these trucks have to be idling constantly mm-hmm. to be able to stay warm, mm-hmm. right? You also started to have auto companies during that week starting to close down shifts because of the Ambassador Bridge blockade. On February 10th, the border crossing at Emerson, Manitoba was blocked. So now we have three border crossings that are blocked. Right. Okay. February 11th, Ontario declares a state of emergency and the Ontario Supreme Court grants an injunction to clear the Ambassador Bridge. February 12th, now we're in the third week. The bridge be- Ambassador Bridge that, begins yeah, to be cleared. The 12th is a Saturday. Yeah. So third Febru- Saturday. Yeah. February 13th, the bridge is opened and arrests are made. 42 arrests in total, 37 vehicles seized. Wow. February 14th, the federal government announces the Emergencies Act. Oh, let's talk about that. Okay, tell hold me, on. Tell Let me, me about that. Okay. We'll go into that there. The RCMP raid, raided the encampment at, in Coots, Alberta that goes into Montana. Ah. That is also the largest west of the Great Lakes. That is our largest border crossing. Okay. Uh, and that had been blocked for... Oh, I didn't put the date in here, but that had been blocked from early February as okay. well. And so... The RCMP on the on Valentine's Day on the 14th raided an encampment for the Coots protesters, seized weapons, body armor, ammunition, high capacity magazines, and they arrested four people with conspiracy to murder RCMP officers. Wow. Yeah. It's all about unity and love, though. That's right. Isn't it? On the 15th, the Ottawa police chief resigns. The Coots protest ended and the border reopened. They voluntarily left after the RCMP raid. Mm-hmm. The organizers there said that we're, we're supposed to be about peace. This is not what we came for. So they packed up and left. And the Surrey border also reopened. And then on the 16th, this is where the rubber really hits the road in Ottawa. Mm. On the 16th of February, the um, community police policing officers started to distribute flyers in Ottawa to the protesters, t- letting them know what the Emergencies Act means, what the enhanced powers that that is grants to police and the police services to be able to... Well, let's talk about that then. You you are familiar with Canadian civics. What does the Emergencies Act allow? This is very... It's controversial. This is, it is controversial. It's very important, though, that, that people understand what the 
Emergencies. So the Emergencies Act was passed in the early 1980s and and replaced the War Measures Act. Which in the 1970s, Justin Trudeau's father, mm-hmm. Pierre Trudeau, who was prime minister at the time, invoked the War Measures Act because there was acts of domestic terrorism, I yes. guess, which we would call that today. Quebec separatists, basically. Which had kidnapped members of parliament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And were holding them. And one of them was murdered, actually. Mm-hmm. And it was very serious. It was very, very serious. And so everybody was watching Trudeau to see what he was going to do. And he felt that this was a situation that warranted the invocation of the Emergencies Act. Which is unprecedented. It is. And it gives provinces and the federal government more sweeping powers to quash. And there are a lot of checks and balances put in place because of the enhanced powers the act allows for. Yes, it was only for 30 days. And there has to be a review. There have to be hearings to discuss the validity of it within seven days of it being enacted. Right. So Otherwise we're it gets not, rescinded. So we're only at four days yeah, right we're now? Yeah, not, we're not quite there yet. And there was immediately an, an oversight yeah, like a, there's a committee. There's an oversight, an oversight committee, committee. Yep. to make sure that there's there's no abuses of these yep. powers. And it only lasts for 30 days. Right. It has to be, they have to go through the whole process again if they want to extend it past 30 days. Right. And provinces can choose whether or not to accept it. So it's not, it's not something. It's not so, like you have to do it, no, but and those so powers are there if you there want to There are some them. provinces like Alberta that have said, you know what, we want to take the federal government to court for enacting this. This should never be used. And Quebec also said, we don't need it. And then the federal government was like, that's cool. Okay. But for those that need it, like Ontario, yeah. here you go. Right. So then that allowed them to bring in different police forces. So mm-hmm. you had Ottawa police, you had Toronto police, mm-hmm. you had OPP, which is Ontario Provincial yeah, Police, like, our, like our, state troopers. Our, our state troopers, basically. And RCMP, which is like... Our the, federal police. Our federal police. And also the Sûreté de Québec, which is like the Quebec Provincial Police. Okay. We're also there as well. So then all of those police services were then able to... Coordinate. Coordinate and move onto the crowd. They could also compel heavy tow truck operators to be drafted in effectively to remove because there was a lot of intimidation on them. They were trying to get tow trucks to come in and and remove the trucks, but there were a couple of problems there because there were threats of retaliation business-wise. I don't Mm -hmm. know if it was, you know, personal, but... And, you know, these are huge tractor trailers. You need kind of the cooperation and the help of the drivers to get those moved. Like you're not... If their air brakes are on... You can't move them. You can't move them. And the process becomes dramatically more difficult to do that. So that gets invoked on the Thursday? Uh, Let me see here. February 14th on the Monday, Valentine's Day. The Emergencies Act? Okay. So what happens during this week? So today today is... We are the 20th today. 20th today. So February 4th, uh, that week was hectic. On the 15th, the Ottawa police chief oh, resigned. Sorry, you were t- you were, oh, yeah, he resigned. You mentioned that. Yeah. You were saying they were handing out flyers, basically yeah, saying- on the, on the 16th. We're going to be doing this stuff. We're going to be clearing everybody out. Yep. Take the opportunity to take your children. Yep. And, and your pets. And your pets. Because and if, go. if you, because the, the Humane Society was like, if you are arrested, we will remove your pets and take them somewhere safe. And of course, the protesters read this as, now our children are being threatened and our parents are being threatened, or I'm sorry, and our pets are being threatened. <laughs> Our pets. Yeah. And the Manitoba blockade wrapped up on the 16th of February as well. Now, this is where things got really hectic. On February 17th, which was Friday, 
Thursday. Thursday. Thursday, sorry. Two of the biggest organizers were arrested, Tamara Leach and Chris Barber, or Litch. We'll talk about them in a minute. Barber was released on bail, provided that he left Ottawa within 24 hours, returned to his home province, and stayed off social media. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, his bail would be revoked. The next day... Pat King, mm -hmm. you, who you will remember was was part of that Freedom Convoy in 2019. Mm -hmm. He was arrested. He li he Facebook live streamed his, his arrest. arrest. So you can go and see that if you want. And the police actions begin. On the 19th, there's a coordinated action to remove protesters. To date, up until today, 170 arrests have been made. 46 vehicles have been removed. 22 license plates have been seized. And 11 commercial vehicle operator registrations were suspended. Mm -hmm. So who are these people that started all of this? I think this is going to be a really interesting part because okay. I think that a lot of people assumed that these were the people that organized this were truckers because it was a trucker convoy. Mm -hmm. It was truckers for freedom. You hear a lot about running up to the beginning of this. It was truckers, 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 mm -hmm. truckers, truckers. And it's like, these guys are heroes. They're fighting for your rights. And that was, you know, they made it seem like they're they're doing this for all of us. Right. They're putting themselves at risk and they're going to sit in the cold and they're going to do all these things so that you can get your rights back. Yes. That was what was getting people on side. Right. Yeah. So who are these people? They're truckers, right? N none of them are truckers. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. One of them one of them is a trucker, but the head people are not. So so James Botter is the founder of Canada Unity was the organization that was behind that United mm -hmm. We Roll in mm -hmm. 2019. Mm -hmm. Ahead of the convoy's arrival in the Capitol, they directed a memorandum of understanding to the Senate and the Governor General demanding an end to vaccine mandates and the reinstatement of those who lost their jobs over COVID-19 vaccinations or else resign their lawful positions of authority immediately. He hoped that the referendum would persuade Elections Canada to trigger an election which is not within Election Canada's no. constitutional powers. They're not the ones that call an election. Uh, in the same video, Bowder said he hoped that the elections would be legitimate because Canada does not use the Dominion voting machines at the center of the rigged election conspiracy theories about the 2020 U.S. presidential vote. So there's that U.S. influence of what's going on there. I don't know what there. that means, what you just said. So the Dominion... Uh, so my pillow. CEO Mike Lindell, who was recently turned away at the border, he wanted to send 10,000 my pillows to the truckers. He wanted to bring them. He wanted to bring them. And then they got to the border and they couldn't cross the border because he wasn't vaccinated and didn't have a negative COVID test to, to be allowed in. <laughs> so then he said he was going to get a helicopter and he was going to he was going to bomb Canada with pillows, which is good because when the Canadian Air Force shoots down his <laughs> helicopter for violating airspace, he'll have something soft to land yeah, on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So he was the one that was pushing that the Dominion voting machines were rigged. And that's so when people would vote oh. for Trump, it would switch it to So what Biden. does that have to do with this? Well, this Bowder guy said that our election would be legitimate because we don't use those voting machines. Okay. Which is kind of, I don't know. And then in December 2020, he posted on his Facebook about skepticisms over the origins of COVID-19, perpetuating the disproven belief that the virus was intentionally created and leaked from a lab in, in China. It was a bioweapon. And then he also said that George Soros was probably involved. And this is part of that old oh anti-Semitic Oh my God, this is, all, uh, yeah, and all the Q stuff. Yeah, so that's... So what's his actual job? They don't say. Okay. He he right. is an activist. Oh, he's an investigative journalist is what he says. Oh, okay. But he's not. He's just oh, okay. an activist for this. Right. So Tamara Litch was the first one I became kind of familiar with because she was the one that was listed on GoFundMe as the fundraiser oh, for okay, that. Okay. So she's listed alongside BJ Dichter, who's not been arrested, but he has also recently come out and said protesters need to go home. As one of the and official... Who is, who's he? He's, he's listed as one of the official 
one of the official spokespeople. So he was doing some of the press conferences. Oh, okay. So uh, that fundraiser raised, like you said, $10 million. Then they uh, they switched over to uh, Give, Send, Go, which raised $8.1 million US as of February 10th. Lich claims to be of Métis heritage, was originally a member of the Wild Rose Party in Alberta before moving to Manitoba and joining the Maverick Party, which is basically a Western separatist party. They oh, want- so Wexit. Wexit, yes. Thank you. Brexit for, for that for that for that uh, little shortened form. So that's her big thing is that she's basically she's like a secretary for the Maverick Party. Wow. So she's not also not a trucker. That's a, a point no, not it. a trucker. No, also not a trucker. Chris Barber is a truck driver from Saskatchewan. Here's our our, our one, one truck trucker. Driver. Yeah. Okay. And one of the organizers of the Convoy to Ottawa. He's been extremely active on social media on TikTok. He's been if you've seen a trucker interviewed on U.S. right-wing news channels. It's, it's that it, guy. It's been this guy. It's yeah, Chris yeah. Barber from from his truck there. Yeah, he, we saw him on Fox News. We did see him on yeah, Fox, yeah. Fox News. He was telling people on TikTok that there were snipers all over the place, which is super common when there's a large group of people who aren't supposed to be in an area mm-hmm. around a seat of government. Like It's not like the White House never has snipers on the top of it either. Yeah. And then he and also... just because they have them there doesn't mean... Like, nobody... I, I want to make it clear. Nobody has been shot. No. I think one person, one protester has been injured. One. One. In all of the stuff that's been going because on. Because they fell down. They fell down, yeah. After being told repeatedly to leave the area. <laughs> they got a nice friendly flyer. Yeah, telling them that. To please leave. So Barber, on one of his TikToks, said, when our phones go dark, that means, and I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on, they've destroyed, they've deployed the no cell phone service thing, he said in a video. The CBC article that I got this from commented, snipers are often present at large protests on or yeah. near Parliament Hill. And while it is possible for people to tra- for police to trace phones used in downtown Ottawa, it is not possible for the government to black out the cell phones and internet of just those participating in the no, protest. No, it would have it's to be It's everybody, everybody or nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barber calls the COVID-19 vaccine mandates tyranny at its finest and compares the policy to the strict government oversight of North Korea. Even though some of some Canadian students in Ontario and New Brunswick have long been required, I was one of them, to be immunized against other diseases, including tetanus, polio, measles, and chickenpox under the Immunization of School Pupils Act in these provinces here. I think we should call this the irony convoy mm-hmm. because... There is so much irony about how this has gone down and how these protesters, occupiers, have been treated. They were setting up hot tubs. There's an inflatable hot Saunas, tub. bouncy castles for the kids, mm-hmm. you know, semi-permanent structures to store firewood, food. They were barbecuing. Staging they, areas outside of the yeah. core, core protest zone for like, materials. Do you not get how much freedom you have the fact that you're not dead right mm-hmm. now. Like, what the fuck? It's, it's, it fucking blows my mind. And I'm a white chick, but like the, the white privilege. And yes, there are, you know, these occupiers have been treated so much differently yes. than and that indigenous is protesters. It's that is super problematic. problematic. And that is something that we need to look at. We're going to discuss, about, we're gonna discuss okay. that as well. So t- tell me about Pat King. Okay, so before I get to Pat King, one last thing. Barber was taken into custody on the 17th of February by oh, okay. Ottawa police. And and the, the, I've never heard these crimes before. Counseling to commit the offense of mischief, 
counseling to commit the offense of disobey court order and counseling to commit the offense of obstructing police. It's basically like instigating. Instigating, yeah. And then he's expected to be back in court or it was supposed to be in court earlier this year. Okay, Pat King. This guy is probably one of the most vocal of all the people there and probably yeah. one of the most problematic. Also part of Canada Unity, also part of the United We Roll protest back yeah. in 2019. A white nationalist who has pushed racist conspiracy theories, who's described COVID-19 as a man-made bioweapon that was put out to make people sick and warned, and this is where that nationalist thing comes in, ethno-nationalism, I should say, and warned of an endgame to depopulate the Anglo-Saxon race. Because the Anglo-Saxon bloodline, his words, the Anglo-Saxon bloodline is the most superior, and so this is being done to take it down. Wow. And I love... I mean, Justin Trudeau's a white guy, by the way. Well, yeah, but he's a puppet, according to them. Oh, he's a puppet. Um, Okay. Joe Biden is a lizard. (laughs) Uh, I love Trevor Noah. When when people were jumping up and down about the fact that it was just one Nazi flag <laughs> seen at the protest, mm-hmm. he's like, hey, 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 if one Nazi is invited to your party, it's a Nazi it's party. It's a Nazi party. It doesn't matter. It's not a question of magnitude. No. As soon as one is there. It's a Nazi party. It's a Nazi party. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's people like Pat King who have a clear history mm-hmm. of ethno-nationalism mm-hmm. that are where this, this about... These these people, I'm using air bunnies, are racist and misogynistic. Mm-hmm. It's because of people like Pat King yes. and their social media presence and the way that they are interviewing on, on, on news channels and things like that, mm-hmm. pushing this message. That might not be the explicit mandate of the Freedom Convoy 2022, but these are the motivations of the people that are trying to do that. And a lot of people are being swept up in that, mm-hmm. that probably wouldn't identify themselves as a white nationalist, but but they're supporting a cause that is also supported by white nationalists. Is that something you want to be associated with? And I think this is the problem with this entire thing is that there are a lot of people that are involved in this and a lot of people that are supporting this that have very little clue what they're supporting. Mm -hmm. They hear the unity and love and freedom message and they go, hey, yeah, that's something I can can get on that. And the other part of this now is that they were calling for the lifting of all COVID-19 restrictions. Yes. Now. Great timing on that request, by the way. In Ontario and in Canada and just and around the world, basically, the Omicron wave is receding. Mm-hmm. Numbers are falling off a cliff like they did in South Africa. And yeah. we are about a month, six weeks behind them. And we started to see in January numbers were dropping off in South Africa. So we are seeing that now. And our province anyway, already had a plan to lift restrictions Mm -hmm. before this convoy ever left BC. And so what, what we were talking about and what we were kind of irritated by is that it now looks like it's these occupiers that have called for the lifting of all the restrictions and the restrictions are starting to lift. They're going, see, we did it. Yay. And it's like, bitch, we already had a plan Mm -hmm. to do that. And our our premier came out when he announced the speeding up of the removal of restrictions. Which we've done before. We did that that in, in, in summer of 2021. He said this was being done not because of the protesters, but despite them. Despite it. Despite them doing everything they can to make this go as slow as possible the fact that 90% of Ontarians have ha- are fully vaccinated and 92% have had at least one dose mm-hmm. is the reason why, and almost 7 million Ontarians of a, in a province of 15 million are boosted. Are boosted. Yeah. It's because of the action of 
uh, we saw that in the news article earlier, the silent majority. Yes. That did did what they what was best for themselves and for their fellow community. Mm-hmm. That's why we're getting those restrictions lifted. And it had nothing to do with the nonsense going on in Ottawa or at any of the border crossings. With with the with these this small minority of people jumping up and down and having adult-sized tantrums, using their children and and this was, you know, it's been so fucking surreal to sit and watch the National, mm-hmm. which is our uh, our Canadian broadcasting company, their nightly national news program. And we were watching the police coordinated forces moving and all they did was form a, a line yep. and start to move the protesters back every every like 30 seconds every minute move one step forward yep and just push them back and it was at that point that these occupiers were taking their children and putting them at the front of these lines mm-hmm. it started with them just with the police officers just moving them and then if people were unruly or pushing pushing hard enough, they would pull them through the police line and then there would be somebody behind them to snap <laughs> to cuffs on them, them and take them away. And it was the reporters that were on scene. It was brilliant. They're like, we would see these we would see these people being arrested and then we'd see all their belongings in like a giant Ziploc bag. And then they would like go through the belongings, find their car keys and they would just, until they found the car. They just push the buttons. And they push the button and then drive the car away. Now they don't have to tow it. They can just drive it to an impound lot. Yeah, exactly. Right? And then it escalated. Then they started to use pepper spray. And now they're using non-lethal rounds yeah. because the protesters are their roommate. It's not just that, but they're finding people with their own riot gear yep. in their bags. And body armor and body fireworks armors, and fireworks things like that. And, and, and different explosives and, and things like that. And they've like left that. it open-ended. They've made that line very difficult to cross, but they've left the back end completely open so people can leave. Right. Because they're trying to let people leave of their own Still. accord. Still. After three weeks. Yeah. And ample warning. Yeah. Just and, go. And the ones that are being left are becoming more problematic. Right. And so they're escalating their tactics. And this is being live streamed by every major media outlet, mm-hmm. by the protesters themselves. Yes. And... Where and the claims of the protesters of police brutality are not are not bearing out. It's so interesting because there I've seen two examples of either doctored photos or just completely fake photos. Oh my god! So yeah. there tell were me, two. Tell me about those. So there were two. There there was one that was I think it was the first weekend mm-hmm. when when they had arrived in Ottawa, and there was a photo that was that was circulating on twitter about and it showed thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people yeah and it's like look at all these freedom fighters in ottawa standing up for your rights and it was like you look at the now there's, it's there's it's, two things that there's glare. two things that are really weird about yeah. this photo number one there's leaves on all the trees it's summertime. which you never see in canada in january number right. one number two the CN Tower is visible in the photo. Which is an iconic Toronto landmark. Yeah, not Ottawa. Not Ottawa. And so it was like, wow, it's really interesting. These guys are really, really good. Like they they're were able so to, organized. They're so organized. They moved the CN Tower to Ottawa. And you look closer and you realize it's a photo from the Raptors parade. When the, when the Toronto Raptors won the NBA championship. In 2019. Yeah, I think it was 2019. Yeah. That's what the photo was from. Yeah. And there was a million people in downtown Toronto. Yeah. 
so that was the first thing. And it was like, bitch, seriously? Yep. Second was one I saw just today. And it showed headless police officers. So you couldn't see the heads of the of the cops. And they're it looks like they're just stepping on people. And you see their pained faces. Ah! And you can see them in short sleeves. And you're like, I don't know what this picture is, but it sure as fuck is not Ottawa in January. In February. Oh, sorry, February. Yeah, it's it's like minus 15 in Ottawa right now. And you see them, you, the, the police officers all look the same. They're all in giant black parkas and balaclavas and, and, and high-vis vests. High vests because it's fucking freezing yeah. up there. And as a coordinated effort... They all look the same. Mm-hmm. So there's no question who the police are there. And yeah. it's like, and they're like, look what's happening. Look what's happening in Trudeau's Canada. Canada is such a sad country oh, right now. Oh, it's a now. dictatorship. We're under martial law. That's yeah. what Fox News is saying. Yeah. We are, it's neither a dictatorship nor are we under martial law. No. The Emergency Act suspends some rights and freedoms under the Charter of Rights and Freedoms temporarily for a short period of time. Martial law is when the military is enforcing law in the country, which is not happening. The military no. has not been deployed. No. And I was saying this to you when we were watching, seeing them systematically clear the protesters. I had felt such unease seeing a symbol of Canada like the Canadian flag being used as an object to push this this narrative of the of the convoy like it made me so uneasy because mm-hmm. it's i see it and i think something very differently about canada and sure. I, when i see it being used like that it makes well, me you very talked upset. about traveling you know when i used to the, look i've traveled all over the world and there were a lot of people who weren't canadians that would stitch canadian flags onto their backpacks because we have a reputation for being nice and polite and kind and they didn't want to put their country's flag on there because <laughs> they didn't want to be targeted they for might something. Not be. <laughs> yeah. And then I see the police systematically, with ample warning, carefully remove people in a way that causes the least amount of harm to the officers or to the protesters. Mm-hmm. And that made me proud in a weird way. And I felt weird for feeling proud that I'm proud of our police for doing that. And I think I, I unpacked that a little bit more. And I think I figured out what that uneasiness was. And that uneasiness for me was to see the care and consideration that the police were taking to make sure nobody got hurt and to clear the streets in Ottawa and then contrast it to what happens when a predominantly non-white group of people are peacefully protesting Mm -hmm. on a much smaller scale with far less disruption Mm -hmm. and for way less time, the level of brutality and swiftness that our police forces seem to be able to come in and clear indigenous land mm-hmm. demonstrators that are that are demonstrating about land that has been stolen from them that is now being used to run a pipeline through or to do drilling or something on. And when they block that, the government of the day calls in every single resource available to them. Mm-hmm. And yet we can let people completely paralyze our capital city for three weeks. Sit in, sit in, blow up hot tubs and bouncy castles. Yeah. yeah. And, and be carefully removed from the scene right. to cause the most, the, the least amount of injury to mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And you go, how is, how, there has to be an explanation. We need to look at that. As, Absolutely. As, as a society, as a Canadian society, we need to look at that. 
And I, I agreed with you. It was, you know, I, I commend the forces that had coordinated to to clear the city. I know that Ottawa residents are super relieved yes. and just be like, thank fuck. And why the fuck did it take so long? Yep, yep. And, you know, we listened to a lot of, there's been a lot of podcasts about mm-hmm. this. There's been a lot of news about this. There's been a lot of articles about this. And I think everybody had pretty much agreed that this was not going to end well. Yeah. And I think that... Well, I mean, if past had been any indication on the way protests were handled, it was going to end up being super violent. Right. And yeah. I think that it really has come to a close today or is rapidly coming to a close in the most peaceful way possible. Mm-hmm. And I think that is something at least that we can sort of look at and say, okay, sure, it took some time. And I I have a lot of sympathy for the residents of Ottawa yeah. that have been putting up with it. I can't even imagine. My neighbor's dog barks for fucking three minutes and I am ready to crawl at out of my skin. At two o'clock in the morning and you're like, like, oh my God. What the fuck? Not even at two o'clock in the morning, at 10 o'clock at night. (laughs) I was like, shut the fuck up. And I can't even imagine what what people are going through. And I just think, you know, the hypocrisy of this group really, I think that's where a lot of my upset and unease Mm -hmm. from this came from is that, so let me get this right. You're you're all about freedom, but only yours. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Not the people that live where you're occupying, not the people that work in the auto industry or any other industry that relies on cross-border trade. You're upset that your children are in and out of school because of COVID. You're upset that they have to wear masks, but then you're okay with your children listening to constant horns that are well above the decibel level sure. that is healthy for their hearing. I'm sure there's permanent They're out damage. of school. Yeah. They're in huge crowds with, with no masks. Some of them can't be vaccinated yet because they're too young. And then they get to see you get hauled off to jail. Mm-hmm. And then you put them at the front of a line to meet up with police officers where they are potentially going to get caught in the crossfire of pepper spray yep. Or that was happening or yesterday. RCMP on horseback. Like, are you fucking kidding me? So don't fucking tell me that masks in schools are child abuse, but what you're doing is about freedom and unity and love. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck all the way off. I'm with the new Heritage Minute guy. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> you, fuck you, fuck you. Nobody cares about your bullshit. Get the fuck, go the fuck home. Go the fuck home. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think the fallout from this is going to take a long time to sort out. It is. It's a fucking mess. And then, you know, I didn't, I don't know if I shared this with you, but, you know, I've been cruising Twitter more than I would like to lately. Mm -hmm. And somebody was like, okay, so if everybody's cleared out of Ottawa now, why do we still have the Emergencies Act? Like, and I was like, bitch, it's been five fucking minutes. Mm -hmm. What if they come back? What if they've only scattered... You know, there there are certain We don't know people, if they're going to regroup somewhere outside there of There are certain people who are who have offered up their farms as refuges, mm-hmm. as meeting spaces, as staging sites for these protesters. They could come back. And so we need to make sure that this thing is quashed and everything is done before they rescind the Emergencies Act and we everything li- goes back. We live in a democracy. Yes. 
And the fate of the government is not decided by who has the loudest mob of people on Parliament Hill. It's decided in an election. And we just had an election. Five months ago. Five months ago. Mm-hmm. Where only 45% of Canadians voted. Right. I'm sure the 65% represents a lot of the people that were in Ottawa. Right. Or at these border protests. So get off your ass. Get off your ass. Vote and if vote if you don't like the government. Vote for the government that you want. Or... Shut you the get, fuck up. Or you get the government you deserve. Or you get the government you deserve. Absolutely. And the the silent majority, those of us that voted in the last election, mm-hmm. that got vaccinated in order to protect ourselves and everyone else. And Jesus fucking Christ, it's easy to vote. It's so fucking easy there's to vote. There's early voting. There's mail-in options. Like the polls are open for fucking 12 hours on election day. Like it, there's no reason not you, to go you, and vote. You have the right to leave work to go vote. Yeah. Your boss has to let you go on election day to go and vote. Yes. They have to give you like two hours to go and vote. Yes. Yeah. And I think, you know, in Ontario high schools in grade 10, you have to take a civics class. It's it's half of a semester and the other half is careers. Right. So you figure out what you're going to do with the rest of your life. I think that a lot of these people that were in Ottawa skipped their civics class or they're old like me and didn't have a civics mandatory civics class in high school a lot of them looked a lot younger they're a lot younger but (laughs) and and you know what i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna send a little shout out to the uh ministry of education um hey pinocchio if you're listening maybe civics should be a full semester yeah i don't think half a semester is the way to go i don't think i don't think it's sticking minister tight pants yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> Do you have any last comments on well, this? Well, no, I think we I had a couple of things and we kind of we kind of covered them through there. I think we do have to there there is going to be a lot of like a reckoning in terms of how this happened. Mm. And I think there's going to have to be a really critical look at how we deal with all types of protests. Right. Is, we are legally allowed to peacefully protest. That's one of our charter rights. It is one of our charter rights, which also hasn't been rescinded in the Emergencies Act. That's not no. one of the one that's been rescinded. But the fact that different protesters or different causes are policed differently needs to be addressed. Agreed. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And something like this should be addressed quicker Mm-hmm. protesters should never be allowed to occupy. No. Never. No. Not- and, and actually, one last thing I would like to say is that I'm glad it took something like the Emergencies Act to get all those levels of policing together because I don't think any one branch of our police should have that much authority or that many resources made available to them all the time. That's a good point. That, that, that because when speaks, you have all, when all you have is to- a hammer... Every problem is a nail. Yeah, I, I think I think that you're right in that, you know, the police services that are allocated in different areas for different purposes are appropriate. Yes. And so Ottawa police shouldn't have been able to handle this on their own. No, but there should have been able to be better communication with our provincial police and our federal police when it became apparent that this yeah. was where it was. For and there's sure. a lot of finger pointing and there's going to be a lot of debate in Parliament about who's responsible for this. But the first thing is get it cleared. Second thing is make sure we figure out why this happened. And the third thing is is make sure that it is applied whatever the rules of law are for these types of things are applied evenly yeah. across all demonstrations. For sure. Because that's not that's not right. Um, I need a gummy. Okay, let's go do that. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Send us a, a message. 
Yeah, um, let us know what you think of the new Canadian Heritage Minute that we're gonna that we're gonna <laughs> post there because it's it's my new favorite sound. Somebody needs to make it a TikTok sound. Or Absolutely, something. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is a TikTok sound. <laughs> All right, thanks everyone. See ya. Bye.